gospel today is the famous passage of the widow who gives her last few coins to the temple. And so we're going to be talking a lot about sacrifice, giving from what we have. And our first reading really picks up on that. It's a story that you probably know from the tales of Elijah. But let me give you a little bit about the six verses that come before that, just to really drive the point home of how dramatic this is. Elijah shows up at the beginning of the 17th chapter of the first book of Kings. And they just say, there's this guy Elijah. And he went and he told Ahab the king that there's going to be a drought for several years. And then God tells Elijah to go out to the Wadi Sherith, which is this little tributary of the Jordan. And Elijah has it pretty good for a while. Uh, God has ravens bring him meat and bread twice a day. Not bad for a famine, you know? But then the drought gets so bad that the river dries up. And so God says to Elijah, I'm going to send you out of Israel. I want you to go to the foreign land of Sidon. And I have a widow there who's going to take care of you. Now, apparently, God didn't tell the widow that she was going to be involved. And that's where our story will pick up when we start to hear this passage. And even though she had so little, and she had so little that she didn't even have enough to share, we are reminded that God always has enough for each of us. And at every moment of our lives, we are blessed, showered with his grace and mercy. One of the great things about being the associate pastor is that Father Charlie has forbidden me from preaching to you about money. I get to be the good cop. He's the bad cop. Therefore, please consider the next two comments as preludes to the homily and not part of the homily itself. In case you missed it last month, Father Charlie spoke about our current financial situation. Our ministries are booming, but costs are rising too. We are projecting a budget shortfall this year. There is an excellent presentation available on our website with details, but the main gist is that if every family gives $20 more per month than they currently do, and if every student gave $12 a month, we would be in great shape. As always, thanks for your generosity and support. Point two, if you're a student, perhaps you missed what I said the first weekend I was here this semester. If you spend more on coffee or beer in a given weekend than you put in the collection basket, you are not doing your part. Now, let's move on to the homily. The widow contributed all she had, her whole livelihood. Do you find this beautiful or disturbing. What happened to the widow the next day when she was hungry? Is it really prudent for us to give everything to God? I've had a few moments in my life where I have contributed all I had to God, but those moments have been few and far between. The most notable was the spring of 2004. I had been discerning about becoming a priest for almost three years, but I just wasn't getting anywhere in my discernment. And so after a lot of praying, a lot of sweating, and a lot of shaking, I decided to quit my good-paying engineering job, move back in with my parents, and devote myself to full-time discernment. It was scary. And from a secular point of view, it probably seemed pretty stupid. But you know what? 
2004 was, hands down, the most amazing year of my life. By the end of the year, I had gone on two week-long retreats where the Holy Spirit spoke to me deeply. I had taken an 83-day, 43-state, 20,000-mile road trip, including being six blocks from here on the afternoon of day number 80. And I was convinced that God was calling me to apply to the Paulist novitiate. None of this would have happened if I hadn't taken the risk. Does Jesus call us to give our whole selves as the widow did? There are some great saints, such as Francis of Assisi or Teresa of Calcutta, who show us that it is possible. It's even a blessed way to live. But for many of us, it's probably impractical and irresponsible for us to live on that edge of risk at every moment of every day. We have responsibilities to our families, to our co-workers, and to society in general. We live in a world of infinite need. Even if we gave away all our money today, millions of our brothers and sisters would still be going to bed hungry tonight. And the next day, we would have to join them in the bread lines. Some of us don't have much money, but each of us has talents. But we often have to use those talents to meet our obligations to school, to work, and to family. We may each have different amounts of treasure and talent, but all of us have exactly the same amount of time in a day. But there are so many things to do. Most of us delude ourselves into thinking that in the next stage of our lives, we'll have more time. For example, if you're a student, you say, once I work, I won't have all this homework, and I won't have these classes spread throughout the day where I'm nickeled and dime, and I only have 45 minutes, and I can't get anything done. Every phase of our lives, almost, it's just as busy. It's just busy in different ways. I hate to be the one to break it to you. Give that one up. So now that we've provided reasons for why we can't or we shouldn't literally give our last cent away for the sake of the gospel, let's kick it up a notch. Each of us must discern the appropriate ways to give our treasure, our talents, and our time to God. Each of us needs to discern when the Holy Spirit is inviting us to take risks. Most of us can tell tales of other people who aren't willing to prioritize or risk in ways that we think are appropriate. I think of engaged couples that I've worked with who have high-paying jobs and extravagant wedding plans but refuse to give any of their money to charity. I think of the family caregivers that I have met in hospital beds because they didn't make it a priority to take care of themselves. I think of old friends who I still care for deeply but they can't seem to find the time to respond to my emails or phone calls. The Dalai Lama put it another way. He said, man sacrifices his health in order to make money. Then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. And then he is so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present. The result being that he does not live in the present or the future. He lives as if he is never going to die and then dies, having never really lived. How do we discern when God is calling us to take risks with the money, the abilities, and the time he's given us? How do we discern how to really live? 
three ideas. The first is about priorities. Each of us must continually examine how we dole out our treasure, talent, and time. Our lives continue to evolve, and even if we find the perfect balance for apportioning things among God, neighbor, and self, our circumstances will change quickly, and in a few weeks, we'll have to readjust again. It's always about priorities. The second is about attitude. Jesus taught us that loving God, neighbor, and self are interrelated. So it's possible to care for ourselves and for our loved ones with a conscious attitude that we are doing it in a way to better serve God and to better serve our less fortunate brothers and sisters. Think of it this way. Jesus told us to pray always. Does that mean that if we only pray 23 and a half hours a day, we have failed to live out his command? Not necessarily. If we approach everything in our lives with a prayerful attitude. The third thing is about trust. If we delude ourselves into thinking that we can provide for ourselves without God's assistance, we'll never feel that we have any treasure, talent, or time to give to others. The most wonderful things in my life have happened when I've taken risks and trusted in God. So how do we negotiate the opportunities to lavish our God-given gifts in ways contrary to common sense? With prayer and discernment. It's a constant struggle. We'll probably never negotiate the opportunities perfectly, but we'll surely do a better job if we continually consult with the Holy Spirit.